my heart has just dropped because I, up to two minutes ago when you said, had never thought the naivety that was taken away from us in future pregnancies, my kids are never going to have that. No. I mean, it's literally, yeah. that's just hit me like a rock. <laughs> and I just felt my heart go, that's an eye opener. Right then, here we are. Welcome along, everybody. I'm Dan Kelly, and we are back with the Still Parents podcast for those watching live. It's actually our third week in a row. We're, uh, we're turning them out at the minute. We're going to be live for the next hour or so if you're listening back through your podcast provider at any point. Thank you very much. Whenever that is, even if it's in a year from now, it's been it's been a nice day, hasn't it? It's been a nice nice couple of days. It's, it's boiling over here in the UK. You right there, Ryan? Evening, buddy. Yeah, I'm uh, losing weight through sweating <laughs> at the moment, but yeah, no, I'm all good. Ben, our special guest tonight. It, it gets really hot in here. Yeah, can little get a little bit fusty. Who was it? We had one of the guests in, and they've just been swimming, haven't they? So they just you know, like you get that chlorine smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it was in there. So here we are, Series 5, Episode 3, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. If you are watching live, you can uh, drop us a message through through Facebook. Uh, also, we're on, we're on Benji's Instagram too tonight, so thank you very much. Benji, how are you, buddy? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Now, we've got lots to talk about, and Benji's just meeting Matt for the first time. Welcome along to Matt Whitehouse, regular on the podcast. Evening. Good evening. Good evening. Yeah, had a good week? Yeah, not bad. Yep, yeah, just um, as Ryan said, it's just oh, it's too hot, isn't it? We wait for it to come, then we just, all we do is complain about the weather. I know, so. can't, can't, I can't win, can you? you can't like, yeah, I know, like, yeah, but just... Yeah. <laughs> do, do you, are, you, are you one of those? Are you a complainer? When no, 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 I don't, I'm, it's just an effort, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yes is the answer. Everything's you complain when it's cold, though, don't you? Because your feet hurt. Yeah. My, my hands hurt. To be honest, I could just... Yeah, I, I don't know what my temperature, perfect temperature is like. You, ma- no you made idea. a like wood, or probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just yeah, I'm just different. <laughs> I think, so, <laughs> I think we'll leave it on that. You're the guy with the leg, the leg excuses. Unbelievable. <laughs> see, I, I knew. See, see. So, did, did, did you drive together? Um, did you drive together? Did you drive together? Yeah, you did. Didn't you? So Dan's already like loaded. We'll close that down one. that WhatsApp group now. Then yeah. Dan's already loaded that one up. Then. Well, I mean, funnily enough, Ben will back me up here. I, I didn't say watch out for Matt. He's, he, he will tell you about his leg hurting a lot. <laughs> ben just went. I've listened to I some listened, of the shows. I listened. And uh, boy, he don't half complain about his leg, does he? <laughs> I said, you wait till you meet him. You're probably going to complain about the weather. How long was it? 17 seconds? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And how long till he mentions his scab? Yeah, that's it. Right, but apart from that, are you, are you well? I'm fine, mate. Are you good. well? I'm good. So Benji met Ryan for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And we did this football competition. And uh, I mentioned it at the end of last week's episode. I said to Ben at the end, who are you having a bit of argy-bargy with? Because towards the end, you know what it's like when you play football. We talked about it loads how it brings out the, you know, whatever you want to call it in you. But everyone's fine at the end of the game. Anyway, I kept hearing Benji going, I'll have you, I'll see you after, mate. I'm like, who's he talking to? And he said, him. And I went, he's on our team. He's one of our, uh, Mm. hang on a second. And it was Ryan's brother. (laughs) (laughs) So over to you, Benji. I mean, like, in my defence, this was the only game that we had to not lose. Okay, so this, yeah. was the, this was the most important game right. that we'd played all day. And there were no expectations before, but we'd got ourselves into a decent situation. Now, Ryan's brother is great when he's got the ball. He's like Maradona. <laughs> and when he doesn't have the ball, he's like a cone. <laughs> right? So A cone? Like a cone. You might as well be a cone. Like you can dribble around him. It gives you absolutely nothing. So 
I was highlighting the fact that I was up the other end of the field. I think I was our top scorer as well, was I not? So I'm doing all the business. Just up say there. yes, he'll start on you. Yes. And, and, Ro- and Ro- <laughs> Ryan's brothers up the other end giving giving it this and not not defending. So yeah, and it's so yeah, he, uh, he he had a go at me. So I said, mate, say it to me when we come off. That was all I said. <laughs> it's all love. But then I got I got stitched up last week in my, in my intro. But we shook hands afterwards. It is it's uh, one of those sports like Dan says that you can uh, exactly. leave everything on the pitch afterwards. Exactly. I did uh, I did also say to Ryan's brother and I, I said, Are you all right? You get you got on well with Benji then? He went, Yeah, he was he was doing all the things he kept accusing me of. <laughs> Opinions. So, <laughs> thanks for the debrief, lads. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> now, obviously, the, the the serious reason why we do this podcast that we started around about eighteen months ago now during lockdown is to get men talking. You know, we talk a lot of bollocks as well, but it's talking about some of the issues that maybe need to be resolved, and especially with dads who have lost a child. And that's what we started this podcast for with the Lily May Foundation, which Ryan and his wife Amy run after they lost Lily May. Twelve. 2010, 12 yeah, years ago. 12 years ago. So that's what we do. And we've we've got on guests. We've had some fantastic guests over the last 18 months. Now, there's a slight twist tonight. Ben has got a... You've got your boy, Joshua, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Ben lost his brother when... Well, you didn't you didn't meet, did you? It was before no, you yeah, were born. Yeah. And so there's uh, the similarities there and the effect it had on, on Ben's upbringing as the child. So if you just want to give us a bit of a background with your family and, and yeah, just uh, take as long as you need to, to tell us about that in your, in your own time, mate. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, thank you for, for, for having me on. And ultimately, I think everything that you're doing is, is fantastic for many reasons. And actually, one of the reasons, as I sort of said to you off air, that I was compelled to do it was because it, it, it actually got me thinking about, yeah. you know, my own journey and perspective and, and what impact has has you know having a child being lost to my parents before me done to to my life my upbringing yeah a number of the things that came out of it was this idea that actually I, I recognize my parents and I have never sat down and had a discussion so many of the things that I know and that I can give details on yeah ironically are things that have come from other people like yeah. from extended family from family members that have told me the things you know my parents and I have never sat down and really had direct kind of conversation I think that's part of a problem is that something you were aware of is it a conscious decision to do or is it just something you never really no no got I, stuck into as I, as I said I think um I'm I'm really conscious of it since you guys invited me on the podcast because right. it gave me the time to really reflect but okay. when I think about it, it it's for many reasons it's it's quite obvious because yeah. such a traumatic experience um, for my, my my parents, something that you know Ryan would be able to align with as a as a father in that circumstance. When is the right time to discuss that with your yeah. children? Well, and, actually, I could bring and, Matt and in too because Matt lost Callie, and Etta is now she's four, isn't she? Four, yeah, so four it's a and similar and half, yeah. thing. So I had to, yeah. you know, wouldn't have met Callie. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're starting to get to that point with Etta now, where she's um she's obviously always been aware of who Callie is. She knows she's, she knows she's a little sister. She's just recently started to ask a few more questions, started to possibly think about it a little bit more than she has done in the past. So I think we are verging towards having more, but again, she's only four and a half. Yeah. So like we are kind of just finding that balance of, you know, talking to her, but also making sure that she doesn't feel pressured in any way, you know? So yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's tough. It's a difficult, it's a difficult balance to strike, really. Did it take you by surprise? Like, we, you know, the first time Etta started talking to you about it, obviously in the way that a four-year-old does, but um, how did you feel that moment? Was yeah, I think, I think the one big, I think the one big thing that hit me the most is when she said, Sissy's not here, because she calls her Sissy. Sissy's not here. So, well, she is here, but 
she's not physically with us, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I think it's just interesting. It, it, it's 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 obviously heartbreaking, of course, you know. And 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 but there is part of it that's actually quite fascinating and interesting in trying to to understand her um, psyche around it. And and also, like I said, I mean, she starts school September, so. Look, there may be that. Look, she she may end up just kind of going through life where she deals with it, um, and it's not a major yeah. issue. Yeah. But she also may have times where it really hits her that her sister's not here and she's meant to be here. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it, it, day by day. The complexity of it as well dictates when you can actually feel like you're able to have that conversation with the child. My the situation with mm. my my brother, I've I've gained more information about it as I've become older. So you know, my mother went into an induced labor okay. um, because there were complications um, coming up towards her full term. She had preeclampsia, which I know now that we know a lot more about, right? And Luke, who would have been my, my brother, toxemia. Okay. I think I've pronounced that co- correctly. And so from what I understand, the situation that they found themselves in was a case of, well, it's kind of either my mother or my, my brother. Um, oh, wow. And so, obviously, my father and, and mother had to sort of make that that call and that decision. It's not even, a, I mean, just the, the thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Luke, um, as he was named when he was born, um, was was delivered. Is successfully the term that you would use? I, I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah. Luke survived uh, for 10 days uh, in an incubator and, and, and then died. So, yeah, my, my mother and father went through all of the, the ins and outs of a a pregnancy pretty much full term yeah went into hospital as you would normally expect to at the end of that and came home with the you know without the one thing that they'd been preparing for for the, the nine or almost nine months before that so um to, to understand the complexity of that how it would impact two people you know i i now have a son as you referenced and if anything happened to him i'd i'd, yeah. I'd stop the world you know and so to to put myself in my father's shoes now, mm. you know, it, it's it's only something that I've actually been able to do since becoming a father, you know, growing up and, you know, getting to 18 and 19 and starting to understand, okay, you know, you, you had a, a brother that would have been a year older than you. You can start to understand and yeah. you can speak around some of the the, um, the the specifics, but to really feel and, and empathize with the emotions that a man in particular, as, as we're discussing today, mm. would have felt at that time, that switch flicked on as soon as you know I realised that that we were pregnant with um, Joshua, and yeah. so yeah, it, it's only really reflecting since becoming yeah. a father that I realised how huge that was, the impact it clearly must have had on my upbringing. Why why there are certain things that you know certain ways I was brought up. So let, let's get into that just just before we move on to that part. So you had Joshua, who's yeah. who, who's four now, and three, three, sorry, yeah, three, three, and his old, yeah. his middle name is is Luke, Luke which yeah, is your yeah, brother yeah, that yeah. you lost. Yeah. So Joshua was born under a, an emergency C-section. We struggled to conceive actually for for quite a long time, but from day one, when we realised that we were pregnant with Joshua, for me in the back of my mind, which was very difficult for me to discuss with with my wife at that time was this idea that in the back of my mind, I, I had this reference point mm. that you can have a pregnancy, you can be pregnant, due to come out with a baby that you prepare your room for, your nursery for, and, and actually you could go through that process for nine months and still come out without a baby. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's yeah. huge. And I, and I love what you're doing with this podcast because it's so important because when you do go through 
this process of thinking about having a baby, starting a family, wanting to have a child, everything's spoken about in terms of everything that you, you, you gain as a result when you have that child. Yeah. But a feature of pregnancy is death. Yeah. Like, it's a feature of pregnancy. You know, one in, I think one in three pregnancies ends in miscarriage. So it's almost like we don't discuss and we don't speak about the fact that when you are entering into this idea of, okay, we should become parents, that actually that part of that conversation is not the fact that you, there is one in three chance that you could actually be experiencing death, even though you're trying to create this. It's it's mad when you look at those stats, isn't it? Um, Our episode last week, by the way, for anyone who's who's new to the show, was about uh, multiple and recurrent miscarriage with uh, our guest Tom Ford. So you can listen back to to that from last week. And yeah, like you say, you go through this journey for nine months and the, the one thing, you, all madness is going on, but it's a time of happiness and you, you don't even consider the fact that this might happen at the end of it, yeah. which is something we spoke about. Um, I know Matt spoke about it before as well and just how your brain is not, it's, it's a point we've been coming back to quite a few times recently. You're just not built for that, yeah. for those emotions. You're right there, Ryan. Yeah, to some extent, I want to thank you for what you've just said. But to some extent, my heart has just dropped because I, up to two minutes ago when you said, had never thought about... So I, we, we've been fortunate enough to go on and have other children, yeah. but we also had Alfie, who was three, prior to us losing Lily. And at no point have I ever thought that those kids, my kids, will grow up, hopefully to have their own children, but could also potentially have that that thought process that actually when we lost Lily at 37 weeks in their mind, exactly what you've just said, you could go through all this pregnancy, but you, but you know, and actually the naivety that was taken away from us in future pregnancies, my kids are never going to have that. No. I mean, it's literally, that's just hit me like a rock. (laughs) And I just felt my heart go. And I was like, wow, actually I've never thought of that. And that, that is, that's an eye opener. And where you say, obviously, about pregnancy, one in three, you could argue it's probably even more than that, one in two, because there are pregnancies that sadly don't make it past maybe yeah. two, three, four weeks. Wait. But that, that has just, oh, that's just hit me like a bolt from the blue, that has. I have to say, look, honestly, I keep saying it, and I'm not saying it because I'm here, but what what you're doing and the purpose behind what you're doing is remarkable. And it's, it's, in, it's really important because this conversation needs needs to be had yeah. right i i have an awareness of it because of what i'm aware loosely mm-hmm. through my own almost research not my parents in part not my parents yeah. imparting that knowledge to me you know what what happened and what and what took place but but i do have a slightly different perspective to it which i think has benefited me in some ways in terms of it's given me that experience and that understanding to know and to see pregnancy as well a feature of pregnancy it is death so it kind of, it almost prepares you, almost gives you that, that additional hard is it, hat. Is it acknowledging the fact that this is reality? It's a reality, and, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think having that grounding helps. Okay, yeah, but, makes sense. But on the other hand, I have to say, and it's not something that, that I probably ever really was able to discuss openly with my wife, is that I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy the pregnancy. We I, hear that I, a lot. I, I mean, I Matt could probably jump in. It's interesting, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 and it's fascinating to hear that... that um, you, you've you've got that viewpoint, but you obviously have come come at it from a different angle. You've found out about that loss from your past recently, and then you've gone on to have your own son, which is obviously fantastic. But you, as you said, it's 
it's that whole relaxing behind the relaxing into the pregnancy. And like I said, uh, we've, we've just all touched upon Ryan just touched upon it here. The first pregnancy we had, we got we got to thirty seven weeks five days. Callie was as they kept saying textbook textbook pregnancy. If you wanted to, if you could build a pregnancy, this is the one you want. If you want to show it to anyone, this is the one you want. And then, like I said, within the space of an hour and a half, our life goes whoosh, down through yeah. the floor. And so the second one, I was well, pretty much terrified for the the whole yeah, time. Yeah, and yeah. I and I know that Crystal was as well and you know but also it has knock-on effects even into etta's life so i've always been um since etta was born i've always struggled with and i I try not to be too what's the word blunt or 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 try not to show it too much to her but i have real issues around when she's not eating so she's not eating i then link that to her not being well and then I link that her not being well to then yeah. something bad's going to happen. Exactly. And and it, I find myself like sitting there in the morning. And listen, she's four and a half. She's, <laughs> she's a four and a half to- year old toddler. <laughs> she's going to like eat when she wants. She's going to yeah. play around. Not not too, you know, but she's going to, she's, she's going to like, you know. Be a four year old. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, she need, like, I'm like saying, come on, come on, eat, eat. You know, you got to eat. And, like, and I have to slow myself down and calm I'm myself same. down, I'm you know, a, because. I just, I worry that, it, like I said, if she's not eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally know? get it. And yeah, I think it's it, completely understandable. Ryan, you said, I think it was on uh, just last week's episode about how if anything, even if Amy, I think, just turned around in her sleep after you lost Lily May on the next pregnancy, straight away your mind would just go a yeah. million miles yeah. an hour. And so there is that. So again, I think if that's something that you're experiencing, if, you, if you're listening or watching back to this podcast, I guess that's completely, normal. it's just, it's part of It's normal it's and, it's, and, it's, and it's, it's just that, it's just trying to, relax your mind isn't it you know what i mean and i think it's just trying to find ways that actually work for you and also i think sometimes Uh, as well that i find sometimes that i slow myself down i reflect at the end of my day and i and i haven't done it as recently and i find when i'm worried i don't reflect as much so when i'm when i'm okay and i'm relaxed i'll reflect more Mm -hmm. so i try and just if I'm in that relaxed mood, I then try and reflect a little bit more at the end of the day. And when you're okay and relaxed, you probably your brain's just in a more of a uh, position where it's going to be rational. more rational. Anyway. Isn't exactly. It? With, rather, you know what it's like. And we've all been there. Once, yeah, yeah. Uh, you you have, overthink, don't you? Yeah, if you're in a bad, not in a, a best mood, you've had a bad day, and then those dark thoughts come in, everything just gets amplified, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it becomes a bit of a snowball effect there, doesn't it? And it's interesting. I, just going back to what you said about having a conversation and what we're doing here, I listened to... Um, uh, Stephen Bartley's podcast, um, and um, he he interviewed Pat Patrice Evra. Um, this was last year, though. I was just caught up on this one. Patrice Evra. I love this game. Yeah, yeah. but he's gone through so much stuff, like yeah. in his life, and he the way he was on that podcast. It, if again, if if anyone, again from a male point of view, yeah. And yeah. he said on that podcast, he said, just us having that conversation is exactly what needs to happen. And if, just doing this is just per- it's perfect. This is what we should be doing more. No, absolutely. I, if, know. I mean, he's, he's a very mm. positive mm-hmm. person, isn't he? Especially on his social media. Yeah. And obviously, it's how you deal with that behind the scenes and his way of... Like you say, not everyone's going to have the same coping mechanism. Mm. What works for you might, might not necessarily work no, no, no. for you, but, you know, for somebody else. Mm. I think yeah. I think there are yeah. interesting, as, as Matt was saying, there are different phases of anxiety. For me, when we realised, okay, we, we conceived... The first three months was horrible. And that was like a phase of anxiety where it was like, okay, remember that most most pregnancies, if they're going to fail, are going to fail in the first three months. So it was like living in that every day, kind yeah. of 
every time she went to the toilet, it was thinking, okay, is she going to come down and reveal something? Yeah. You know, and I was almost like, I was, I was wait, I was literally waiting for it. And then you move past that three months and there's kind of like, you breathe a sigh of relief for a second. And then you think about then, the next set of potential then, then, problems. Then it yeah. kicks in, you know, what, what, what happened with Luke. And I think that, that kind of the second trimester was, was better for me personally, from an anxiety point of view. But then yeah. when we got to the point where, okay, this is crunch time, this is where the baby's going to come out, going to the hospital and people saying things to me like, oh, are you excited and stuff? Well, it wasn't the enjoyable experience. And it's hard yeah. for me to say because it's a beautiful thing. And I have a beautiful son that's come out of it. But at that time, because I knew that I, yeah. I knew my parents went into hospital in this circumstance and came out without yeah. the very yeah. thing, the only thing that they'd gone into hospital yeah. for and then, of course, when the complications started and there's people pressing emergency buzzers and yeah. there's mismanaged labors and things like that, I like that was probably one of the probably worst moments in it's, my life as a result of what I'd. It's that uncertainty, isn't it? Just to go back, so this was when you when you lost your brother. So this would have been late eighties. Yeah, so this was nineteen eighty seven. And to go back into your relationship then. Because you came along, I think it was a year, a year later. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so your family's still grieving. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can only presume so. You know, can, uh, and, can you remember the that. first? Just to go back to what we were talking about with uh, with Matt at the start. Can you remember the first conversations that you had with your? I know you said you haven't yeah, yeah, talked yeah. a lot, but yeah. the sort of things that they used to talk to you about and how they would present to you the fact that you should have had a brother. And, yeah. al and also, sorry, Benji, for yeah, yeah. for jumping in. We've got to put context to the time here. So 1987, people who were pregnant wouldn't have known they were pregnant until they'd missed two or three periods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't have had yeah. early scans. No, no, no. They wouldn't yeah. have gone in for early scans and, and been able to see. Problems. Yeah, and things like that. So, the, so actually at, at that point as well, if you flip it back to the yeah. parents at yeah, the same time, yeah, yeah, yeah. the shit, I mean the anxieties that would have been around them at that time as well, because they're, they've got to wait until 12 weeks. Yeah. Because that 12 weeks really is a bit of a myth. Yeah. It's They say it's the safe time. That's not yeah. to say just because you see a heartbeat at five weeks that it's you know gonna that it's going to pan out absolutely fine because we've seen a heartbeat at five weeks and had a miscarriage. Yeah. But at that time in the 80s, you wouldn't have had these early yeah, scans yeah. and all this sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So in, in yeah, context true. to where we are today... It would, it would have been... Such a different time. Absolutely. Such a different time. One really interesting thing on that on that point, when my mother had uh, Luke and Luke had, had died, she was obviously still in hospital. My mother was put on a ward, on a maternity ward. Yeah, with other people that would with, have had babies. With all the people that had yeah. newborn babies <laughs> crying, yep. feeding, families. That's where they placed the, a, the mother of a child that she'd lost that that was 1987 yeah. um i hadn't thought about that at that time that there was no there was no burial so the specifics of it i can't yeah um i, I can't fully yeah. fully give because i'm not aware of but i'm aware that luke was not given back to my mother and father do you are you the only child or did you have did your parents have other children after, so, after yourself yeah so um, a little bit like uh, Tom's story, yeah. Um, in the From last, last week, in the last episode, yeah. yeah. I I remember at least um, at least three miscarriages in my life. They're the ones you know about that that my yeah. mother had, uh, and I, I vividly remember. I vividly remember 
blood sorry to to, to be really to, to give that direct information but i remember blood and i remember going to the hospital with my mother on one of those one of those occasions so i i, I remember three miscarriages so how old are you at this point you're still a child so yeah so in in between me being one to nine yeah 10 years later or or nine years and 360 two days later mm-hmm. my little sister rachel was yeah. born so there's 10 years between us okay and most people go gosh there's there's 10 years between you that's that's crazy. And then when you get the context of the story of yeah. Luke, the yeah. fact that my parents were told they would never have children and then I come along a, a year later, you can understand then why there may have been a reluctance yeah. then to go through a process of, well, actually we, we tried to have a child. We had this horrific situation. We were told we would never have children again. We've had this, I think the ter- is the term rainbow, rainbow, rainbow child. Rainbow. I think. Yeah, 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 so we've yeah. had this rainbow baby. Like let's, Shut up, shut up, just be grateful. And I think a lot of my upbringing and the reasons that, you know, I have been brought up the way I, I have yeah. um, is probably due to, is due to Luke. You know, I, I may have a completely different upbringing if, if Luke was, I'd probably be shorter because I wouldn't have eaten as much. But, you know, <laughs> like there, there have been so many different. You can't say shorter. We've already had to get you a bigger chair once. No, yeah, <laughs> man. You give me this little like little dwarf chair to make me look even smaller. We put a yellow page. Mate, the listen, listen, listen. I've known Ben a few years, but I'm just happy to be, for once, this is the first time on the podcast I've not been the shortest person. Room, so yes. But do you know what? That Going back to what you were saying there about that your mother was put onto a postnatal ward. Yeah with other crying babies and just the archaic nature mm. of treatment, yeah, even in the 80s. We lost Lily 2010, and even though we were in a specific bereavement room, that bereavement room was off the corridor yeah. leading down to the yeah. postnatal so as, as well. Yeah. So yeah. you've still, still got people anything. walking past with you know the, the car seats, with balloons, with flowers, with everything, and yeah. we're, we're in this... Room, which is effectively hell, off yeah. off of hell. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the difference yeah. between heaven and hell, yeah. you know. And it, and it's hard to believe that that's still the case in two thousand and ten. Um, yeah, to, the the image the image that would always live with me when we had Kali, and we we lost her in sixteen. We were similar to Ryan and, and Amy. We had three days in something called the Jasmine Suite, the City Road Hospital. Um, but obviously, eventually, we had to say goodbye. To, well, we had to leave Cali because the, her skin was starting to change. She was on a cold cough for three days. So we had to take her over to the chapel of rest and then go home. The nurse said, do you want me to carry her? And I was like, absolutely no chance. You're my dad. I'm yeah. carrying her over. So I was carrying her across the, the, the chapel of rest. And there was a, a, a dad there with a car chair with a pink balloon on it. And, and I was like, like, and I had to walk walk past yeah, you know, walk past yeah, it and yeah. that would always be in my mind because it was just one of those moments where I'm like how do you deal with this one then then it goes back to what we were talking about last week with the yeah. anger yeah so then me and Crystal talked about this quite a lot and we and we've touched upon this before in, in podcasts I think but very early days we couldn't we couldn't establish in our mind why people were happy around us yeah, yeah. so people are walking down the road smiling there and I'm thinking why are you not sad what yeah, what's yeah. why why are you just why aren't you why are you just getting on with your life and and obviously rationally it's not right for to think that way but at that point my whole world was yeah. was that and i was i'm just being like i said so angry at the fact that i'm walking to the chapel of rest and there's people walking past joking and laughing 
having their lunch and things like this. But that was their day. That was their day. That wasn't my day. What Matt said, actually, if you're interested in that, it, was, it wasn't something we intended to talk about last week, but it did sort of go down that route with our guest Tom Ford is the name of the episode. We have touched on it can act as a catalyst for, you know, obviously self-destructive behavior, yeah. confidence issues, which um, Tom was talking about last week. It's taken him a while to get back how he felt was, his, you know, to, a, to an element of his old self. And also the things like what Matt was describing just then, they'll all build up inside. And at some point you snap Absolutely. and you have those angry moments. Tom was scrapping with it, who was his best man on a night out. Yeah, yeah. Ryan used to be a teacher, having anger issues towards the children. Yeah. And Nathan, who was on last week too, yeah. with, his, with his friend when they were on holiday. Well, yeah. And yeah, so if, if that's something that you would like to hear more about, you can find that on last week's episode. It's maybe something we should delve into uh, a little bit more on, on a future episode too. There, there was a previous episode that you had, I think, um, was, it, was it Nathan? I think Nathan was, Ellis? Yeah, was talking about the, the procedure that they're now going through yeah. because of, you know, mismanaged... Oh, no, that was Chris. That was Chris Watson. My bad, Chris. No, that's Chris. Um, episode one of this series is, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that spoke to me. Yeah. also you know um and and even that that process is difficult because yeah. it's almost like revisiting trauma but exactly that well that's exactly what it is you yeah. have you almost have to do that to create a better situation yeah. for yourself and others in the future so that yeah. that episode you know previously sp spoke to me yeah that's episode he's actually well. it's a two-party he's gonna be coming back on for the for the final episode yeah. of this series so yeah something interesting that you said to me we shared a, a ride over from birmingham to the studios here tonight and because I've known Ben, like I say, a few years, not especially well, but I've passed across plenty of times. We've got to know each other. And Ben, as, as you can see, is in cr cracking shape. He used to be a martial arts champion when he was younger, big advocate for fitness and mental well-being. Gets on with people's brothers, especially Ryan's. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a confident chap. One thing he said to me in the car on the way over, which was quite interesting, and I think because just knowing that he was going to come on this show, unlocked a few things in your head. And you told me you're actually feeling a little bit nervous. Yeah, which was an interesting thing to to hear because of, because yeah, of all yeah. those, and that's what led us into being in here tonight. Yeah, and yeah. You, you talked to your dad about it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was post agreeing to to come on to the show actually that that, yeah. it, that it that it kicked in because I I never you know I I wanted to to come on and and it did make me think about how much time has my family spent discussing oh, yeah. these things. Is there unresolved trauma? I look at my own relationship and the problems that I, I think have, have arisen from some of those traumas and some of those unresolved traumas. Yeah, I, I had feelings that I, I've not actually had before, but yeah. I think they are rooted in the fact that there is a lot of unresolved trauma there yeah. with regards to, to, to Luke. And I wasn't here when Luke was there, but my, my, you know, my upbringing, you know, the way in which my family brought me up. Were they more way, protective which, over you, do you think? I know yeah, you've got I no think, reference with it, but just it's yeah, the sense, isn't it? I think I was certainly wrapped in cotton wool. From what I gather, my mum wouldn't let me out of her sight, you know, was quite, and this isn't, you know, to be disrespectful in any way to my mother, but I think a lot of people would probably judge my mother as... Um, Choose your words carefully. Bit, yeah, but, <laughs> and I can say it now, I'm, 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 I'm grown up, I'm out of her care, but maybe a, a, a bit too overprotective now. I was which too, I was too understandable. precious. Which, it's understandable from that perspective. But if you didn't know, you'd say, well, yeah. you know, well, let, let him fall over and let, let him, you know, that's how he learns. But when you've had the situation that my, my mother has, it's, mm. you know, it's... Ryan and Matt, did you, you know, either you or with your, your other halves with Crystal and Amy after your losses, is that something that you noticed or maybe even did yourself? Yeah, and uh, I am very protective over my children, even down to the simplest things that 
somebody can just say one thing to him and I'm just like, like a, a ball to a, a red rag sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah, I think probably a lot of it is the protective thing because of what we've been through. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting now to see how things change moving forwards, knowing what we spoke about right at the beginning there and thinking about, you know, the sort of naivety that's going to be removed from them yeah. when they hopefully go on and have children. Yeah, true. But also seeing it from a, both a male and female perspective, because I've, I think I've said before on the podcast, the boys have always been quite open about Lily. Freddie, you know, the rainbow baby came straight after Lily and he is more engaged now more so or has been more engaged like for a birthdays he does things in school and all that sort of stuff you know yeah, fundraising yeah. and what have you the girls and i put it down i think probably to their age so ivy's seven yeah. and bobby's five although they know they're not as engaged yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. as what freddie and well, alfie well, were Freddie's 10 isn't it there's the big Freddie's difference. yeah he's 11 he's 11 now yeah but even the difference from, between 11 and 7 is, is huge though but even at seven years old yeah. freddie was still in, uh, quite engaged in things when he came on yeah and Ivy and, and Bobby know, you know, like we, when we do the dinner dance, for instance, yeah. you know, they go to the dinner dance, they know why we're there, yeah. you know, they know all of that sort of stuff. But, and I do often wonder what's going through their minds because they do know they've got a, an older sister. Yeah. And to be honest, we don't, we don't sit down and speak. Yeah. Like, uh, like you said, we don't, we don't sit down and speak like a family yeah. Ab yeah. about Lily because she's our everyday life because of the charity yeah, yeah. and all yeah, that sort yeah. of stuff. But so they are fully aware <laughs> But yeah, I would say, yeah, I am probably very protective over them because yeah. I don't want them to get hurt. Yeah. So I suppose to some extent you do wrap them in cotton wool and you you do have to let them get hurt as well at times. Yeah. Like if they fall over, bang yeah. their knee, you know, somebody says something to them, they've got to become a little bit more resilient and, and things like that as well. But I think it, naturally as a, as a parent that's lost a child, yeah. I think you do automatically do maybe wrap them in cotton wool a little bit. The beautiful thing about what you're doing here is that your children have access to this. Oh, absolutely. So you're covering one of those gaps that's in my life where my father may not have felt and my mother may not have felt that it was easy to sit around a table mm. and talk about these things. But actually, some of the themes that are coming out mm. of this podcast, your children yeah. will be able to listen to and, and maybe hear some of your... Mm your perspective, you know, and, and that in itself will be quite, I think, therapeutic for you. I do think though as well that, that and we say this a lot in, there is a, there, there has been a huge shift yeah. Yeah, yeah. In, in, in perception of, of male mental health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, and there's a big difference in generation, yeah. even with women and, and um, mental health and, and talking and being open and being honest that our parents' generation it was frowned upon for any sort of male to show weakness, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Whereas now, I always put our generation down. We're almost that tipping point between the stiff upper lip, cup of tea fixes everything, and the ones that are literally going to pour their hearts out all yeah. the time. I, I read this somewhere. We're the yeah. cusp generation. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like star yeah. signs, but we're from that old school <laughs> yeah. to, to where it's... We're the pivot, yeah. basically. Yeah, we'd, I, I think our yeah, generation yeah. No, is You took pivot. my word, used a better one, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I was a teacher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think our those who can teach, <laughs> those who can't teach, teach PE. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 I, yes, Matt, go on. I think our generation's had to, had to learn that as well, though. I, I think, think we have to yeah. learn it because I think that we were brought up like me and my, me and my old man now, like, you know, my old man's 76 on Wednesday and, and he, 
Happy birthday. Yes, big yeah. Phil. Happy and, birthday, um, Phil. And um, he... Um... So just for reference, is he the guy, for anyone new to the show, a footballer too, and this, um, it was the, the guy back in the day, slid tackled somebody and took him under a under car because yeah. the field was so wet, he just carried on. Yeah, Legend. He's... And, and he still slide ta- slide tackled someone at walking football last week. You're not even allowed to slide tackle. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes. He co- my, my, How can you slide when you walk? So my mum, my mum turns around and says, "He got in trouble at football." I said, "Dad, you're 75." He said, "Yeah, I know," but he said it was two two, and my instinct just took over. And see, I, and see I, this is we'd get on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I just and I, and I just slid him and took the ball, and, and it was still two two. And so see, job done. Job done. I know where you get it from. He, yeah, yeah. But he um, was he playing on ice when he got someone under the car because that is one hell of a slide no, it, it was one of those little crap cars that they bring the ball on with it was just wet no no because that was back in the, that they used to park the cars almost on the side of the pitch yeah. use them as floodlights yeah there you go yeah yeah <laughs> but, but he, he no i think that i think that it was uh, we've still got that relationship where it, you know we we shake we'll shake hands you know we're not we've never been like a huggy kind of yeah. father son it's a generational thing isn't yeah it? but mm. and i'm fine with that i'm more than you know i'm happy because we've got a really good solid relationship but and I keep I've gone back to this before. It was the only time that my dad didn't know what he couldn't talk about when he when he come into that room when he first came and saw Callie at the hospital. It was the first time we couldn't talk to each other because he didn't know what he didn't know what to say. And I, then that's when it hit me because I'm telling you, right? If we weren't in here, my dad was in on his own. He just talk anyway because that's what he's like. He, he talks, you know. He's, he's a, you know, he, he loves a conversation. But he yeah. come in, he come into that room, and like I said, that's when it really hit me because he, he just all he did was shake his head, just literally stood there shaking his head, and he didn't, and he didn't. And it took him two or three days to really kind of oh, wow. talk and. You know, and it was that whole, when we were born, me and my sister, my mum didn't work for seven years. My dad just worked. You know, yeah. my dad worked and mum stayed. And, that you know, they'd been married 40 odd years, but it wasn't that relationship where the, 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 the dad must go out work. But but it was that relationship as well, because like he was always the one that went out, worked and whatever. And like I said... And to him, that was a natural know, way for him to go about it. That's yeah, how, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, how it's wired. I mean, he jokes now. He said, you know, because I've seen I see him now with Etta and he's brilliant with Etta and he's he's... I've seen a completely different side since Etta came along. And I do wonder, losing Callie, whether it's well, changed maybe. his mentality as well. Because he always jokes, as I didn't really know you lot till you were about five years old. He said, I just kind <laughs> yeah, of, he yeah. said, I said, I said, he said, he said to you. Yeah, yeah, he said, he said, he said, to be honest, I didn't really know my own children until about five years old. He said, I just kind of, I was there, but you yeah. know, but it, but it, it's, you know, he was too busy putting his football mates on the cars. Yeah, there you go. But it was, and I think we've had to learn how to open up because growing up in that generation, yeah. I've always been different since I lost Callie. My way of dealing with it was talking. I know it's not every man's mentality, yeah. but I've had to talk about it because if I didn't talk, I would be in a completely different. But do you know position. what though? I've, I've had loads of clients that come in and they can't talk. They cannot talk. And they, they openly admit that. But I tell you something by the end of a session or by the end of two or three yeah. or four sessions, to them, just being able to talk is the biggest therapy that they could possibly have had. It's true, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's there. You've got a mouth, you can do it. Be a sounding board for someone. Communication's free. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, I mean, it, it fits in well, actually, with, uh, with, with Ben's trade as a, as a personal trainer and a big advocate for fitness. We spoke about the benefits of fitness on your own mental health, well-being uh, before on the podcast. And it's another thing. It's just, once you've done it, it's like, why? well, if I go now, it's just one gym session. I'm not going to look any different. It's going to take ages. But you just keep, it's that momentum, isn't it, yeah. building up? Yeah. So back to your back to your old man. Well, sorry, what was your dad's name? Mark. Mark. Is he quite similar in a degree to to Matt's, as in the the old school nature? And also, if any Aston Villa fans listening, 
um, where he used to play for him, really. Yeah, yeah, it was a youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he would have signed the uh, the youth forms probably in nineteen. Did he slide tackle old men undercars? Oh, he <laughs> did slide tackle you to another planet. <laughs> he was very very good footballer for those that uh, that, that that know. Yeah, so he he was at, at Villa as a as a as a youth. I can't remember whether Andy Gray would have been there at that time. Possibly, as well. probably. yeah, possibly. Yeah. So he would he would have trained with yeah. some of those. Wow. So he's he's a fantastic footballer. Mm. I, and I'm not. Did he pass it on? According to no, I'm sh- I'm shit. I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but by my dad's standards, I'm I'm shit. And he'd tell you. Like the biggest compliment I ever got from my father was he said, "Your football's improved," which was code for, <laughs> which was code for you were shit. Like you were shit before, which is why I didn't say and anything. Now you're just a little bit and, shit. And now <laughs> I can play with you, so you, you're all right. But yeah, my. Uh, my father was very, very, very big into, into tough football, love. but tough, tough love was tough the love. main thing. I think his father was yeah. was pretty much the same. I, I remember for, we were talking off air, weren't we, about our, our children and competitions and things. And I, I remember my dad telling me a story about his his father and one of the reasons that he didn't, you know, really pursue football after kind of being released from Villa. But his his father never went to watch him. You know, play. I, I go every week to see my son. Again, you know, it's a generational difference, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. His his father never went, yeah. and um, yeah, I think my, my grandfather went to one game, and it was a cup final. So my father did this. My father was the top scorer of the whole tournament. Got to the final, scored, and it went to to penalties, and my dad missed his penalty. And they, they lost the cup final. Now they, I reckon it's your However, granddad. He put him off, and he's well, like, "Oh, yeah. he's here now." My granddad said to him. In in patwa uno no good, which basically in English means you like ain't any good. That was the only comment that my dad recalls from his childhood as a wow. footballer. From the only one time that his dad went to see him play, so none of the other games that got them to the final, but the one that went to penalties, which could go either way. Yeah, that's what his his father saw of him. Yeah, so I, I think there's a little bit of a legacy of that. I was obviously great at, at martial arts. My dad never really said. My dad's never said that, you know. Yeah. Um, well, he didn't say you, you have improved, which meant you. Yeah, was he didn't say I'm improved. Yeah, already. so you probably didn't say I'm yeah. shit, but that was probably more more, more not knowing. But um, he's probably scared to get chinned. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's worse than me on a football field. But no, he, uh, yeah, de- definitely from a, a, a tough love generation. And he talks to me about it. M- me and my father have only sounds weird, but just the same. My, me and my father genuinely have only hugged since I was nineteen. And even then, it's wow. kind of like it's that awkward. Kind yeah, of, yeah, you know the ones when it just feels, yeah, you know? um, <laughs> yeah. And that and that was through that was during it's like during the, hug, a, the, the pat, isn't it? The pat, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hug like, pat. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was through my mum and father separating. So yeah, we, we've we've only hugged since since then, and and I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that it's actually happened. But yeah, a completely different generation. I think know? it'll be interesting for your dad to have a listen to to you talking on this also. Yeah, because yeah, one yeah. thing that you said to me in the car when you were on the way over was uh, you mentioned you were coming on this show, and this is an interesting, Ronan Matt, because he said it's like your dad being the way that you've described quite old school, you know. Yeah. And I think maybe all it's all of our dads, isn't it? Because mine also like he's all about business. There was no sort yeah. of chat about emotions or anything. Yeah. But when you mentioned you were coming on about this, you said that you noticed a change in his tone. Because obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. it was your brother, but it was his son yeah. that he lost. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and there's still maybe, uh, again, like we said, it was in the 80s and yeah. everything which happened with the hospital. There's things that maybe I'm, I imagine that, that hasn't been talked about yet. Mass- so, massively unresolved trauma, I believe that that my parents probably wouldn't even be able to recognise as unresolved trauma because of the time that it happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is so it, weird. It's all normal you now. Know, yeah, yeah, it's all normal. But we're talking like mm. 35 years on. 
and we still haven't been able to be in a place where we've had a conversation. So I recognize now having my own child Mm. and and having had problems, you know, I won't go into them too far, but having had problems in my own relationship post having a child too, I I recognize the, the need and the requirement for that, that therapy. Yeah, I'm a massive advocate for it because it, it's it's important and it starts with a recognition of the the problems that are there and then an understanding of the pitfalls that can come as a result of those problems yeah. and then what the solutions are or what the things that you can solutions is the wrong word because it, it's not necessarily it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's constant, it's never finite. But you know, the, the things that can do to help alleviate and, and navigate what I guess is best described yeah. as turbulence, you know, it's yeah. the kind of analogy of you know, pilots, they go, they experience turbulence, they go through turbulence. But what you want is a pilot that understands that out of the end of that turbulence, we're going to be in a better place. And so you want someone to keep hold of kind of the, the steering during that time. But what can happen if you don't understand the turbulence is that you let go. And mm. now we end up in a plane crash as opposed to that was just some turbulence back there. Good analogy. And, and that's just something that I, I, I feel is that the role of, yeah. you know, therapy and things like this that Very, you're yeah. doing and being able to talk and, get help from from other people and support from other people to be able to help you navigate that turbulence as opposed to end up then in a plane crash when you're in that that dire moment very well said the plane on turbulence on planes though just on a tangent scare the living crap out of me you know when you get that little bit of pocket <laughs> and you know you've had it a million times before but yeah, i end up yeah. just I, I sit back and just, it's like I'm on a bloody roller coaster. Just sat there. <laughs> I'm like that. You get sweaty palms yeah. and all sorts. Yeah, and I'll just go. <laughs> start looking for my life jacket, wondering if this seatbelt, what the hell is this actually going to do anyway? I think you realise. Apart from break your back. What is that? <laughs> you realise it's just that one person is in charge of your life at that point. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, listen, I told you it would fly by. Benji, thank you very much. Thank you. If anybody would like to uh, give Benji a follow, he's very uh, active on his Instagram and uh, obviously with his, with his personal training. So, yeah, how can people find you? On Instagram at Benji Beasts. Uh, Benji or Beasts. Head, head to coreattackfitness.com. We're going to beast us three. We're going to get down there. We're going to go do some sessions. Oh, man. Before the next tournament, definitely. We'll do oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the away day in Manchester. <laughs> oh, yes, we'll get you involved with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Don't sit next to Ross, though. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could ruin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're flying off the pitch. We're flying off the pitch. Yeah, we're all in the pub afterwards. Uh, are we? So, once again, thank you very much to everyone who's listening or watching this, whether it's live or back through podcast provider, whenever the hell that is. Thank you very much. We are here for you. If you'd like to get in touch and reach out, uh, you can do so through at Still Parents Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow the Lily May Foundation page on Facebook and also their website. And if you do need to talk, reach out to Ryan and to Amy. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Also, if you would like to, to come on, to the podcast we're always looking for people who want to talk now you don't necessarily have to join us in this really hot and smelly studio I'm not selling it well when well, I need to stop saying that <laughs> it, it is boiling, boiling in there, there it's, it's, it's like it's sitting bad. in a greenhouse like yeah <laughs> and uh, you know you, you can come on for five minutes the whole show via Zoom you might early want five minutes with it being this <laughs> hot in here yeah. <laughs> so that would be great you can uh, you can get in touch with us through there Any anything else you'd like to add before we let you go Benji no I, I said it at the top of the show and I, I just want to reiterate what you guys are doing is is fantastic. I thank you for from my perspective today because this might open up, yeah. you know, some some channels of uh, conversations with my parents that I've not been able to Brilliant. do previously, and hopefully it does that for for, for your listeners too. So thank you. I hope so, man, because that's what this is all about, you know, and it's just for your own head, whether you're talking or for listening, and, and like we said, it's just to just to have those conversations and to know that you you are not on your own. Yeah. It's something which is said so often, and 
but it, it, it's very true, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, we're all here and we, it's good to talk and we need to, despite the fact, as I've always said, and we mention it every week, we have got way more girls listening than boys. <laughs> girls and boys. <laughs> Men, women. I think 60, 40%. And I think we know why, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's just sometimes we just need um, showing the way. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Matt, thank you very much. Thank you. Yep. And we'll be back uh, in, in a couple, if you're watching the live on, uh, it's two weeks, I think, until we're back. A couple of weeks, yep. So uh, we will see you then. Take care. Thank you very much. This is the Still Parents Podcast, and we will see you very soon. Bye-bye. See you later.